If you're hearing this, we thank you for pressing play on another edition of Is a Stream of Life podcast with Brandon and Lauren, chronicling life in the peak entertainment era. If you're hearing this, we thank you for listening to another episode of It's a Stream of Life podcast with Brandon and Lauren. It's been a minute, but we are back. How was your uh, week? It's pretty good. Um, it finally cooled down. Jesus, that little heat wave went away and uh, it rained and brought in some cool weather. But other than that, it was it was pretty good. Just same as always. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the heat was crazy. Um, yeah. And, you know, I went to D.C. this past weekend for the Beyonce concert, which was amazing. Yes. But the heat, again, like the weather in general was was just complicating things. Like it rained for her second show on Sunday. Um, and then the weather delayed flight. So I was supposed wow. to be back in Richmond around, I was supposed to be back in Indiana around 410. Yeah. My flight got delayed basically four hours because of the weather. There was a storm brewing, which delayed our initial flight in Atlanta. And then once we got on the plane, weather delayed us longer. So we didn't leave Atlanta until 6.30, which put me in Indiana around nine. (laughs) Wow, wow, wow. And that's that's nuts. And so her concert, was it at the, uh, what do they call it? The Commanders now, their stadium? Yeah, the FedEx field. Okay, yeah. And they don't have a retractable roof. So it's just open. Wow. Yeah. So that Sunday show, she still performed two and a half hours, but it rained for the majority of the show. Ah, uh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, but she she still killed it and fans still really enjoyed it. So congrats to her. Yeah, yeah. And we'll start with our first segment. What's happening? All right, so a lot has been going on the past two weeks in our headlines. First up, it's been officially confirmed that the Emmys are going to be postponed. Um, They were set for September 18th on Fox. That is no longer the date due to the strikes, writer strike, and the actor strike. Um, Fox wanted a date in, I believe they wanted a date in in January, but the Emmys were in November, something hmm. like that. Yeah. So we we don't know a date for sure, but we know it's been postponed. Okay. All right. Um, and then related news, um, the AMPTP and the writers were negotiating about negotiations pat this past Friday. They're supposed to meet to discuss to return to the negotiating table, and those talks failed. Um wow. According to Fran Dresser, the SAG-AFTRA, oh no, well that, yeah, the talks failed, um, wrong group. The WJ also introduced a new uh, parameter. They wanted um, better health care into their demand, so that might have been another hiccup okay. that the studios just don't want to address, so. There is that. Um, the WJ also stated that if they reach a fair a fair deal, they will continue to support SAC after in their strike. So okay. hmm. exactly. Moving on from peculiar things um happened as well. First up, we were all kind of sh- shocked at the news that LeBron James' eldest son, um, I think LeBron Jr. or Bronny, yeah. um suffered a cardiac arrest at a, a practice at USC. Yeah. And luckily he made a full recovery, but then it brought all these questions about, you know, what's causing all this and conspiracy theorists just assumed it's the vaccines, all this other stuff, but this stuff just happens in athletes quite often. Yeah. And I think somebody posted a statistic that for high school athletes, one of the leading causes of death is cardiac arrest. And I just kind of think that Okay, I played high school sports, what, like forever ago now, but, and we, uh, things have changed so much where these high school athletes are almost celebrities in a way, and mm. I just think they, they, they treat these kids as workhorses, and they're just kids, and granted, he's, he's in college now, but just barely, but I don't know, I think, um, I don't know, I still think they just push them a little bit too hard. 
Yeah, I agree. Like the the st the st stakes have been risen. There's higher right. expectations, and these kids are basically pro athletes by the time they graduate. Yeah. So there's no real chance to be a kid and sort of like just relax. So yeah, right. I, I think you're right. It's overwork, expectations and stress. The body just reacts differently for everyone. Right. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Yeah. So uh, peace to him. Hope he continues to make a recovery and just to be more careful yeah. positions and whatnot because it happens quite often like people think you have to be ill to have a heart condition there are no oh. heart disease like no. yeah you won't know until you go to the doctor and they tell you oh this this number is up or this and this and yeah exactly exactly um and other news a case from the past um is going to continue the oh, shooting at the rust film uh, the case against the armor will move forward. You know, we know Adbal yeah. was uh, dismissed of all charges, basically, but the armor still faces, I believe, manslaughter charges for the death of Haley Hutchins. Okay. Um, okay. And her attorneys are sort of trying to fight this as it seems very odd that she's being placed all the blame when Baldwin was the one who pulled the trigger. Right. It It, it just feels kind of weird to me. Yeah, it does. It's also strange that it's taken this long. Right, right. Um, it, sadly, someone has to be found responsible, but they're pinning it all on her. And still continue with the film. So it's... Yeah. It's very strange. And what was the film even about? I think that's where I was confused. I think it was just an indie Western film. Oh, okay. As far as I know. Um, And fresh off the press um tory lanes uh toronto canada rapper um has been sentenced to 10 years for the shooting wow. of mega stallion which occurred a few years ago now um but of course the trial was last year and he protested as much that he didn't do it and then there were allegations of him sort of like spinning the story in the blogs and in the media and just sort of like harassing Meg. Um, and furthermore, just like proving his case that he is a disgusting yeah. Um, Allegedly at the trial, he spoke that, well, several people spoke on his behalf saying that he should be just given probation because he had a rough childhood, his mother passed. And the counter that, you know, Megan's father passed when she was a teenager. She's lost yeah. her mother and mother years apart, and she did not grab a gun and shoot anybody. So right, like that's that's a dumb explanation. Yeah. So wh where will he have to serve it? Is it in Los Angeles, or I, I guess I don't know where this took place. That's a good question. I can't remember where it took place either. Um, I thought it was in Los Angeles, but. Yeah, that was back in July of 2020. Hmm. I'm looking at the story right now. I really can't find anything. He did face deportation, which would have been really bad for him. Right, right. Um, he, he faced a maximum of 22 years and eight months. Wow. The prosecutors asked for a 13-year sentence, and he wound up getting 10. So I think he may serve maybe eight of that. Yeah, probably. Um. So, yeah, he... In the grand scheme of things, he looked out for being guilty of something that caused harm and could have caused death. Like, I don't yeah. understand why he thought he would get away with that. Yeah. Yeah. So, what a strange saga. I, I'm not on Twitter anymore, so I can only imagine his fanboys right now. So, of course, of course. Right. Tragic. Right. Um, And some better news we're getting to the winners of the week. Speaking of Twitter, Black Twitter had a field day this weekend with a story that developed quite vastly out of Alabama. Yeah. Um, as we all know now that there was an incident at a sort of like boat resort yeah. uh, facility, riverboat. riverboat in Alabama, where um, a, a large riverboat, maybe 227 passengers, was trying to dock. And a private party had a smaller boat 
And the worker who happened to be black asked the smaller party to move their boat so this larger um, uh, vehicle to, could dock. And right. they were in the wrong position anyway. They refused to move. And when the worker tried to, you know, reiterate they had to move, um, these white people, possibly inebriated, attacked him. Right, right. So as this is going on, the larger vessel finally docks and out of nowhere, like the Avengers assembling and <laughs> of African-American men and women descended right. upon this white group and defended this uh, worker um, and it became sort of like, it became one of the biggest <laughs> moments of Black Twitter in recent history. It, it was hilarious. It, it's up there with the, what's one called? The nigger Navy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> so um, as of now, um, we all know this because it was all recorded on phones, put on online on TikTok and whatnot, and the jokes okay. is spilled over. But as of right now, there have been... Um, Four warrants sent out for the individuals on the smaller vessel. I believe two of them have been arrested and they're searching for others, but I'm sure there'll be some other um, arrests made. Um, the one gentleman, black gentleman who had the chair and was being there, yeah. the police are requesting him to return for questioning because you just can't do that. But yeah. they deserved, I I'm happy these people defend this black man because no telling what would have happened. Right. If they could just well on this man for no reason, right? That's it's insane. I uh, I saw it first. I saw somebody put it in their story on Instagram. I was like, "What is this?" And then it popped up later, and saw the whole thing, and I was like, "Wow, that was it. It was insane." And as funny as it was, it, it was sad. And luckily, you know, a situation like that in America, I'm, I'm very surprised nobody pulled out a gun. So right. I guess we should be thankful for that but um damn what a moment man and what a state for it to happen in, in alabama <laughs> exactly i have a feeling like guns aren't permitted on the premises of that and that may be true because they probably know that people are are drunk or drinking yeah exactly let's stop drinking on boats yeah that's that's crazy and what's nuts is that they they really thought they could park there or or, or dock there they had a, a pontoon boat. That's not even a, a real boat. That this shit just floats essentially. Like right. Oh my goodness. So they definitely uh effed around and found out. Yeah. Um, the other winner of the week is Wayne Brady, who yeah. I, surprisingly, but not surprisingly, came out as pansexual in the article with Entertainment Weekly. Um, he said he was doing it for him. Um, which is great. And for those that don't know, if you're pansexual, you mean that means you are open to relations uh to any gender identity. So heterosexual, gay, lesbian, transsexual, you're open to all of them. Yeah. Um, and this may be promo coming up for his upcoming Hulu reality show where he and his ex-wife and her new partner sort of co-parent their daughter together. Oh, right. So, maybe, yeah, maybe it's something he wanted to. Maybe something he addresses in the show. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I always knew he was married to a woman, but he definitely gave. Queer yeah, food. I could see that. I could see that. So it wasn't that big of a surprise to me. So, but no, that's good for him. It, what's crazy about Wayne Brady is, man, he's just so ridiculously talented, but. Right, how still underrated. They they're always struggling to find hosts. It's like, how you got one? This man hosts six different shows a year, and you refuse to pick him for the Oscars or the Emmys or anything. It's crazy. Exactly. It's it's very um very puzzling. So, uh, best of luck to Wayne Brady and his family. And um, you're you're right. I don't know why he never is considered to host like the oscars the yeah. like he's family friendly people like him he's very versatile sing dances acts like everything right it and i imagine he could probably do them all in the year the golden globes the emmys the oscars and they'd be better than anybody we've had in recent history right right so again best of luck to him um and then that brings us to the losers of the week 
first up, we all knew it, Lizzo. Um, sadly, the singer and big personality has is facing a lawsuit from former dancers who have accused her of um, sort of fostering a toxic environment, work environment, of uh, sexual yeah. harassment, and other sort of toxic behavior, bullying of that nature, and body shaming. Um, they alleged that they felt that they, if they did not take part in certain activities or behaviors as part of this group, that they would either face termination or shaming among other colleagues. So um, Lizzo put out a statement and it was very uh, calculated, um, didn't really deny anything. Yeah. So there's some semblance of the of these things being true, but we'll see how the lawsuit goes. Um, and just this today, actually, um, the Made in America festival has been canceled because Lizzo was the headliner for one of the days, and I guess they could not find a replacement. So the whole two day festival has been canceled for this year. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah. And it's such a shame because she's so talented and she gets beat up on because of her her size and her weight and whatnot. And for this to come out is really kind of disheartening. But I mean, everybody's flawed. So I suppose we see where this goes and what type of, I haven't read the statement from those that have, you know, coming out against Lizzo. So I, d I don't know what they're um, seeking, if anything. Yeah, I don't know what they're seeking either. Maybe funds, I'm not sure, but... Yeah. Um, she has hired, you know, legal counsel as well. Apparently, she's hired the same attorneys that have defended uh, Chris Brown, Bill Cosby, and oh, the like. So yeah, <laughs> she's not playing around. So right. I'm not sure if these girls, which one of them is from Indianapolis, apparently. Yeah, I saw that. I don't know either. I don't know how well this is going to go for them. Yeah. Wow. And secondly, um, we had Stephen Amell. Um, if you're not familiar with that, he's most known for his role as Oliver Queen on the CW's Arrow. Mm -hmm. uh, he now stars in the Star series Hills. Um, he was sort of at a con in Raleigh. Uh, what's which one is Raleigh in North Carolina? North Carolina, yeah. A few weeks ago, where he voice that um, while he supports his union, he believes that striking is counterproductive, it's myopic, and a sort of like reductive way to negotiate. And um, that was not a good idea. He basically spoke against the very tactic that his fellow actors and writers are out there doing to bargain a better deal from the studios for a better living wage and whatnot. And it came to bite him in the butt. Um, and then he tried to clarify his statements and just sort of reiterate exactly what he has said. So I don't know. Yeah. Thinking. I, I would feel like, obviously, you have every right to speak up on a situation, especially one if you're an actor. But this seems like a good time to probably just tiptoe. You know what I mean? Don't don't fully jump into this debate and say some stupid stuff like that that's going to get you, you know, uh, racked up. But my goodness, because didn't somebody else said something? Yeah. Um, was uh, Zachary Levi? Is that his name? Yeah, he said that he hated um, that he can't promote certain things like that because of the strike. And he actually came out and clarified, and his statement actually makes sense. Like he's he yeah. says supports the union. He's a sport supports the strike. He just knows that some of it is unfortunate where you can't promote the things you enjoy. So his statement right. actually sort of made good face, whereas. Yeah. A male just doubled down and thought he had reconciled and and yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah. I was kind of over Stephen anyways for some comments he made online uh, before. And apparently he was taken off a plane drunk after allegedly hitting his ex-wife. So God damn. Yeah. He can go. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a bad character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that brings us to our trailer thing segment. Um, first up, Apple TV dropped the first trailer for their adaptation of The Changeling. 
This is a series is based on the novel by Victor Lavelle, and it stars uh, Lakeith Stanfield as a new father who is having a fairy tale of a life with his his wife until she goes missing. And the series takes on like a horror fairy tale odyssey as he has to find uh, his missing wife through these different worlds in New York City. Um, it looks really interesting. Definitely horror tinged, um, sort of steeped in like black folklore. Um, some of it with the Dominican Republic, no, Brazil and other lore and black history. Like the trailer was done very well. That's cool. So it has nothing to do with like the changeling, like the cult classic horror uh, film um, from the the eighties no, or whatever. Okay, I okay. don't believe so because the book was written in twenty seventeen. Oh, okay. So it's directly a fantasy horror. Gotcha. Um, yeah, it, it it looks very interesting. I didn't know what to expect. This is the first we've seen of it at all. I remember when they first announced it, we haven't had, heard anything since then. Um, yeah, the author of the book is the same one that wrote The Ballad of Black Tom, which I've heard of before. Hmm, okay. So yeah, he kind of specializes in Black horror and fantasy, so I'm definitely interested um, in seeing this. It premieres September 8th on Apple TV. And then later uh, later on, September, September 28th, we get a spinoff of Netflix's Castlevania, which is based on the popular video game. It's an anime series called uh, Castlevania Nocturne. And it's supposed to be uh, depicting the origin story of one of the elder uh, Belmonts who were vampire hunters. Uh, and this setting takes place, I believe, during the French Revolution. Okay. Um, if you've never watched Castlevania on Netflix, definitely check it out. It's very, very good. I've kind of gotten into it. I've seen a little bit of it, but it's it's definitely something I need to go back to. Yeah, it's excuse me. <clears throat> I could handle it because it was nice and short and sweet, whereas most anime is like thousands of episodes and you don't know where to yeah. start. <laughs> it's like, how do I even break into this thing? <laughs> Right, right. So Castlevania is a very good spot to just sort of dive in. Yeah. And then we got the first official trailer, full trailer for the second season of Loki. This is one of uh, the few successful Marvel series on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> um, stars uh, Tom Middleston as uh, Loki. Um, name slipping. What's the other guy's name? Oh, shit. Not Luke Wilson. Owen Wilson? Owen, yes, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say Oliver, that wasn't right. Um, Owen Wilson, um, basically the same cast as before, uh, as well as Jonathan Majors uh, reprising his role as one of the Kang variants or whatever. Um, this was clearly all finished filming before um, his alleged domestic violence uh, situation. So there wasn't much they could yeah. do. So, right, right. but um, in this in this season, it appears that you know Loki is sort of suffering the consequences of their choice to kill um, him that cannot be named. I don't think that's the right. Oh well. Um, so now he's suffering from time jumping, where he's being pulled to different times involuntarily. He can't control it. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. It, the trailer looks really good. Probably the it'll be a nice touch after sort of like the depressing experience that was Secret Invasion. Um, okay. It's one of the lowest scored, lowest rated Marvel series um, or Marvel projects today after Endgame. It, it just didn't hit the mark. Gotcha. So season two of Loki arrives October 6th. Um, over at the box office, Barbie continues to conquer each weekend, and it's now a $1 billion uh, film globally. Ooh. And it's the first billion-dollar film directed by a single female director. So Greta Gerwig made history. Shout out to her. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, there's talks of a sequel, but I don't know if that's really necessary, but... And kind of in that in that same vein, I just saw something where Oppenheimer was the 
highest uh what was it the highest paid world war ii movie which seems like a weird statistic but if you've been if you think about how many years have been making world war ii movies and yeah the likes of saving private ryan and all these other ones that's that's a crazy statistic as well yeah definitely and i believe oppenheimer came in second again um yeah. weekend um nothing has really beat either of them i think this weekend we get um what movie comes out this weekend? It's sort of like a family. Mm. I think Gran Turismo. Oh. And something else. But I doubt if either of them make a blip, actually. Yeah, compared to these two. Yeah. yeah. So it could be, you know, a Barbie summer for the rest of the, the month, actually. Um, And then to our obit, sadly, we had quite a few um, yeah. public figures passed away. First up, we were all shocked to hear of the passing of Euphoria actor Angus Cloud. Um, he was only 25 years old, and we all rooted for him as Fesco on the HBO series. Yeah. Um, there was no confirmed cause of death yet. Uh, many have speculated he might have uh, died by suicide, but his mother has since come out claiming that he did not intend to uh, take his life, although he struggled mentally with his mental health. Um, and had taken medication for that. She believes it might have been accidental, but it was not intentional, allegedly. So um, it definitely condolences to him. Such a talented young artist gone too yeah, soon. Yeah, way too soon. Yeah, it was kind of shocking news. I was um, <laughs> I was actually working out. Then my sister told me, I was like, whoa, what? It, it took me to, it took me a bit to register because um, I wasn't, I knew his real name, but that's not what anybody calls him. Right. Like, you know, like, oh, it's, you know, Fez or whatever. So I was, yeah, it's definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and in newer news, uh, we lost film director William uh, Friedkin. Friedkin. Yeah, Friedkin. Yeah, that was that was a big one, too. Yeah, he's Harold as one of the auteurs of the 1970s push for new Hollywood. Um, he directed The Exorcist, The French Connection. Yeah cruising just a, a litany of acclaimed films um throughout his career uh to live and let die in la um just a, a giant in the film genre definitely will be yeah. missed. and i saw something i was looking him up the other day where they said that his final film is going to premiere at the venice film festival this year so oh wow yeah i'm not sure what he was working on but that's where it will be shown. Gotcha. Um, yeah, he was, I believe he was in his 80s, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he, I think he was 87. Was... Yes. Um, another uh, poster child of pop culture, we lost actor Paul Rubens, who is best yeah. known for his character, Pee Wee Herman, um, which began as a TV series and then launched two popular films. Uh, he also starred in a lot of films. Um from Mystery Men, which I totally forgot about, till people started posting about it. Yeah. Um. He he was he was a wonderful actor, a chameleon actor almost. Um. But you know, Pee Wee Herman was sort of like his claim to fame, and he he was sort of like ahead of his time in that sort of like child programming, family programming right. thing. Um. And he caught a bit of controversy during this time because he was caught in an adult film theater. Uh, yeah. But looking back on it, that's not that bad. I think it was just bad because he was depicted as sort of this family-friendly friendly figure. Right. Kind of the same. Well, you know what? Yeah. I was going to compare him to Old Boy from, what was it, Full House, but my guy was not in the adult theater. Right. He was just sort of yeah. like on stage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so R.I.P. to Paul Rubens. Um, we also lost the actor Mark Margolis. Um, probably Mark Margolis. Uh, he was best known for playing uh, a drug kingpin on Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Yeah. Um, he was also, but yeah, from Scarface. Yeah, yeah, that's just that's what I knew him from, Scarface. Yeah, he played uh, Albert the Shadow in Scarface. He actually had seventy plus film roles. Wow. Um, appeared in plenty of TV series, 
um, and actually appeared before TV and film. He was in over 50 off-Broadway theater productions. Um, so he started in the theater at a very young age in New York. Um, so that he was in his 80s as well, 83. Um, so RIP to him. Um, and then sadly in the news, we lost a young dancer um, in New York City named O'Shea Sibley. Yeah. Um, he was a young man at a gas station with a friend who was a um, young black queer man who just happened to be dancing to some music he was playing when he was approached by a 17 year old um, who I guess didn't like it. There was an argument and the 17 year old stabbed him to death. Um, the 17 year old has since been arrested and being charged with a hate crime. Um, but Sibley sadly lost his life. And miraculously, it was a moment where the queer community in these areas across the country sort of tributed to him by gathering at gas, gas stations on corners, sort of dancing yeah. on or to sort of represent his life. But it, it shouldn't have gone that far at all. No, it's a. Uh... Boy, this this country is hard to to take. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no reason to kill someone for existing. Yeah, yeah. That's insane. Like the the rhetoric that's being spoken by politicians and other bigoted organizations has real consequences, and it, it's just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. So sadly, we say goodbye to him, and then. <laughs> Uh, Carmen Extravaganza, who was a well-known, uh, the well-known mother of the House of Extravaganza, your yeah. um, community, and a figure from the documentary Paris is Burning, passed away at the age of 62 this weekend. Um, so uh, just sort of like a double whammy in the queer community. Um, I believe they have been ill, uh, but just a giant in the transgender community. Um, that will be definitely be missed. Yeah, that's uh, sixty-two is no age at all. Right, that's that's not old at all. A lot of life to be lived, and it's it's sort of ironic that so many people. She was one of the few survivors from that documentary from that right right era. So, um, to see her go now is is saddening. So, condolences to all those families. Um, and we transition to our, our next segment here. All right, so we're going to get to our streams of the week. A lot has premiered, so there's a lot to cover. But first up, let's get into what we streamed. Someone went to the movies. I did, and I had a great time. <laughs> um, <laughs> Man, I, before I get into the film, there's just something the movie theaters, in my opinion, that's how you're supposed to see movies, man. Like we've got movies at our fingertips, and you know, it's everywhere, but there's not nothing will ever beat just being in a theater, just because you, you you literally just block out two hours, two and a half hours maybe to just sit in darkness, and nothing else matters for a little bit. And every time I go to a theater, I feel like it's the first time again. But um, that was just that little thing. But uh, I went to see Oppenheimer, <clears throat> and it was really good. My goodness, it lived up to everything that I heard before it. Uh, mm -hmm. Killian Murphy was incredible. Uh, Emily Blunt. Uh, oh, what's his name? Why is his name escaping me right now? Robert Downey Jr. Mm -hmm. uh, literally, any everybody that was in the film was good, and there were so many cameos. It was hard to keep up, but. Uh, I think what really got me was, of course, we get more about Oppenheimer's life and who he was a person and how he's affected by the American government and just kind of the, the nastiness of the American government, how they called on this man, they're ready to dispose him, dispose of him after, you know, he he, he did what he did. But uh, it, it was a history lesson because we don't learn this in school. You may learn about Oppenheimer wow. as the father of the bomb and then they talk and then from there they go to you know, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, and that's all we hear. But, you know, to learn all these things, accusations of being a communist and uh, his life, and I wasn't even really that aware of the relationship with Albert Einstein. And um, yeah, it was just spectacular. Uh, I 
I don't think in the four months that are left in this year, anything's going to come out that will be able to top this at the Oscars. I just don't, I don't see that happening. This is everything that the Oscars could want. <laughs> right. Yeah. And unfortunately, not a lot, not a lot of movies that could challenge are going to come out because because yeah, absolutely. That's right. Um, so. yeah, it's definitely a part of history that gets gets bur buried. Uh, yeah, the details of it, and it kind of touched on it. Um, in the Manhattan series, it sort of right. like examines those nuances and dark crevices of that whole entire situation. Right. Um, I definitely want to see. It. I don't know when I'm going to see it, but it's definitely on my list. Yeah, it, it it's definitely it's you need it in the theater. It's good, but um, I the people I saw a few complaints from people saying like, oh well, you get this big payoff, you get this big build up, and then there's no payoff. Like you don't need to like we don't get to see the bomb, but in a lot of ways, the movie's not really about the bomb right that, that no, makes sense that. like we know what happened we know what we did to the japanese and mm -hmm. uh, i'm not sure that would have added anything more to the movie but um you get to see the effects that it had on oppenheimer because the way they depict the kind of the guilt eating at him is insane and uh i think a few scenes alone in this movie will win this this film so many awards <laughs> so yeah it was incredible yeah that's great to hear and uh just with this film with he cut they revealed that murphy was first approached to play oppenheimer in manhattan oh wow so that would have been so like a full circuit full circle moment. yeah um definitely, definitely. yeah and the first season of manhattan is on amazon prime great show amc plus so yeah, it's definitely gotten more talk as this film has come out. Right. All right, for me, um, I finished Horror of Dolores Roach. Did I talk about this before? I don't think I did. Uh, no, I don't think so. Not the finishing. Um, it's no. a very good series um, starring Justina Machado and based on the Gimlet podcast. Um, the ending was a bit um, like uh want to say hack crazy yeah um, kind of went on off the rails a bit at the ending but i did like the resolution um because you're thinking it's going to go to a place to discuss how systematically dolores had all the cards were stacked against her right. uh, a minority woman set up for a petty drug charge i got her 16 years in prison um can't get a job because no one will hire her and then since no one will hire her she's forced to do other work that may not be you know above grade in fear of going to jail like all those things gentrification everything um but really it just says shows that yes things happen but she was also just a bad person yeah <laughs> so um you can definitely check it out it's on prime it's only I think it was eight episodes and they're all half hour. Okay. Yeah, it was pretty solid. Very funny, uh, creative, but the ending was a little loose. Did it get a little loose with the ending? And then I finished HBO's um, Last Call, the docuseries uh, based on the string of murders in the early 90s of queer and closeted men in New York City. Um, it was pretty good. I think the book delves in more into the actual, excuse me, uh, details of the crimes and whatnot. Yeah. Because uh, the series is only four hours long, uh, which is fine. It didn't be any longer than that. Right. But um, I'm not sure if the book uh, discusses as much as the activism as the show did, which was helpful. Um, explores the different entities that were fighting for visibility for these victims with NYPD and how, you know, abhorrent homophobia worked against these victims, getting them justice um, for decades, actually. Because um, once it's revealed who the suspect is, it goes back in his history. And yeah, he was allowed to do this without, without much uh, early um, repercussions. 
Yeah, so it was very good. I couldn't believe it was the 90s that this occurred. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just a reminder that we still have a, we've come a long way, but a long way must be, we must go on for sort of like equity, equal rights for right. community in America. Like, it's ridiculous. So definitely check that out if you get a chance. It's on uh, Max. All right, then we have some new shows that we're streaming. Let's first talk about uh, Reservation Dogs. This is the third and final season of the Hulu series. Um, they released, what, two episodes last week? Uh, yeah, there were two. All right. Uh, I forget the names. Bussin and Maximus, I think, were named the episodes. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of the first two episodes? Uh, I really liked them. Um, it took me a minute. I had to remember... Kind of how things stopped, but uh, are ended last season. But we pick up with the gang kind of in Los Angeles, and they're trying to get back to Oklahoma. They've realized like, okay, we don't have any money, we don't have anything, and so um, Bear stops by his dad's apartment, and uh, he sees that he's not there, but then meets, I guess, who would be his girlfriend and their, you know, their children, and. Um, it's like wow so it's it kind of a a light-hearted episode with some comedic moments but you can tell that this season is really gonna i think personally gonna focus heavily on bear so mm -hmm. yeah yeah he's been sort of the quasi protagonist all series it's kind of coming kind of coming to a head as you know they had escaped to california to do this in honor of daniel Right. And, you know, they realized they felt the same. Um, and, you know, it's that whole homage like, no, there's no place like home. So returning, Bear gets left behind. And we see him sort of like struggling through sort of like his mental and emotional and almost spiritual. Right, right. Um, which is most of the focus on the Maximus episode, um, him uh, stumbling <clears throat> um, upon this. A uh, person, William Knife Man. Yeah. Um. Well, he has a disagreement with William Knife Man, who's like his spiritual advisor. But then he stumbles into this other man's house, who swears he's seen, you know, aliens, and there's certain people out there trying to cover it. And the episode seemed to be a bit of aloof, but underneath, you know, he talks about sort of like his his growing up and how he's had a very traumatic childhood and growing up as many yeah. native children have you know many of them were taken from their families and forced into boarding schools to sort of like be forced to assimilate and he sort of like spoke to that being his experience you know his family's gone and near the end of the episode we finally realized that um the people that are after him are actually caregivers at the mental uh, yeah. institution where he sort of lives at he's sort of escaped he's very harmless but um it, it was a touching episode yeah and i'm right there with you as i was watching it i was like hey, hold on what's going on like what am i watching uh but yeah as it kind of kept going and filled out it was like oh okay i could i could see it but yeah it was a good episode yeah definitely good episode um, and we'll get episode three um, this week. So looking forward to that and some entire Dear Lady. So I'm thinking we're going to get a, reacquainted with another character from the past episodes. Yeah. All right. And we also have the return of HBO's uh, sports history fiction series, Winning Time. Yeah. Uh, season two, it's 1984. Is that correct? I Ooh, has it gone that far? I remember them flashing that, but maybe it was something else. Well, well, yeah, we'll just put it in the late seventies, early eighties. We definitely yeah. know it's somewhere there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, basically, the Lakers have won their title. Um, they're on cloud nine. Um, Magic is feeling himself. Um, he's sort of thinking about how the team can progress without Kareem as he's sort of like aging yeah. and he's the aging he had the ankle injury um so that's caused tension on the team meanwhile coach 
uh, uh, bus is trying to be a family man after his mother passing, invites the children to live with him so they can run the business together. And that, again, is an issue because he does not have he doesn't know how to do that. Like, right. He doesn't know how to be fatherly. Um, and and that was an interesting arc throughout the episode as much as it's about sports and sort of like the history of the way the NBA was changed, it's about these men. Um, three men in the series were both experiencing different uh, levels of fatherhood. Um, you had yeah, Matt yeah. who um, is coincidentally impregnated Cookie's best friend. Yeah. And was facing... Um, an illegitimate child and how to deal with that his new celebrity you had kareem who was welcoming his first child and welcoming the sort of newness of fatherhood and then you had jerry buss who was sort of agonizing about his regrets for his failed right. job at fatherhood so i thought so that was very interesting what were your thoughts on the episode yeah i thought it was good and um a good way to get back in uh i <laughs> That kind of opening where they're escaping out of uh, Boston Stadium was was great because even today, Boston is one of the most, I think, hated places for people to play. It's just a very intense um, and angry crowd yeah. um, with some dark history when it comes to racism. But, um, yeah, no, I thought it was good. Just kind of get back in the swing of things. I'm, I'm really interested to see where the dynamic of Kareem and the rest of the team goes because you can see – how a lot of people um, respect him and what he's done, but you know, it's it's Magic Johnson who's like, well, you know, if we want to go to the next level, we got got to get him out of here. So that okay. that will be an interesting dynamic. Um, yeah, bus and everything there, and just I don't know. It, it was a really good episode. Kind of not anything huge happened, but. Um, well, like big, big, I would say, but, you know, just kind of getting you back into the swing of things. And mm -hmm. it looks like it's going to be a good season. I, I still don't understand how people from last year, before the show even came out, said, oh, it's not going to be that great. I'm like, what? Yeah, that was annoying. Yeah. It, it's very good. It's so good. I, I love the way it's shot. I love the breaking of the fourth wall. It's And, you know, it, and it's not so serious. There's, you know, a lot of comedy in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and there's there's truth to a lot of it. I know people say it's very sensational. Of course, it's a television show, but these things in some way did happen. So yeah, yeah, yeah I'm looking forward to what what happens because the tension is already there. Um, yeah, I'm ready ready for it to hit ahead. All right, some other things I dove into uh, that premiered this past week. Second season of Dark Winds on AMC. A very good first episode. Uh, I believe they dropped two episodes. Um, this season, um, our detectives are faced with a new enemy that's linked to the death of um, Joe Leaphorn's son that was sort of uh, the focus of the first season. So definitely a more lethal enemy. Um, some reason is killing natives with car bombs and killing folks in the bathroom because the silencer, like he, he's basically an assassin, and yeah. they have to get to to the root of it and how it's connected to the death of the lead character's son. So yeah, it uh, new episodes arrive on Sundays, and you have AMC Plus. They arrive early on Friday. Okay. Uh, we also got uh, Hulu's This Fool, the second season of that comedy. Really enjoyed the show. Um, it touches on a lot of issues, but in a comedic way. Um, Half-hour episodes. Don't sleep on the show. It, it, it's very well done. Okay. And we're coming up on the final episode of Apple TV's Swagger. This is the second season. It's a really, really good show focuses on um black a young black cast um and sort of follows uh tells a sort of based on Kevin Durant's experience as a 
uh, young basketball prodigy growing up in DMV. Um, yeah. This has has really focused on sort of activism and sort of like the nuances of doing the right thing, even if it's wrong at the time. Um, it, it's been really well done. So I hope it gets reviewed, but I could understand this is the last season. Cause... Yeah, I remember when that came out. I don't know why I never watched it. But yeah, it's good to hear that it's it's good. Yeah, and one of the, the major pluses is the characters that are playing the players, they can actually play basketball. Like it's none, none of it is like stunts. Oh, okay, that's good. Like they're actually athletes and they're actually decent actors as well. So there was a clip on how they shoot some of the scenes that they're all playing the game and the cameraman's literally on like skates going up uh, up ramps to catch like a, a certain angle of a dunk and everything. Yeah. It's, it, it's very good, very compelling. So definitely check it out. I think the first season was 10 episodes. I think this season's only eight. Okay. All right, and that brings us to streaming for the weekend. So where are you watching uh, the next two weeks? I am going to try to catch up on some things. Um, there's some movies that are coming out that I hope hit the theaters here. One of them, and I'm sure you've probably heard of it, is this film Passages. Have you heard of that? Yes. Yeah, uh, it's supposed to be really good, and it's being distributed by movie, if that's the... Um, Oh God, it's it's a it's a streaming network, but it's it's a, a specifically like films that are kind of I don't know under the radar. Anyways, um, th there's a very interesting dynamic in this film. It's kind of like a love triangle. There's a gay couple, and there's, there's a a woman, and there's so much going on. But it's kind of gotten backlash because I think it's NC seventeen. Yeah, but um, that just makes me want to see it anymore. So I'm hoping that um the art cinema here at Landmark gets it. And uh, hopefully that's within the next few weeks. So other than that, I'll just probably be catching up on shows and uh, I'll have a lot of time because my mom is getting knee surgery. So I'll be around to help her. So I will have plenty <laughs> of time to watch stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. I want to catch up on some things. I may check out, finally check out that Wham! documentary on Netflix. Yes. Um, I forgot to watch Harley Quinn, the fourth season premiere this past week as well. Um, we had the Swagger Two season, Swagger season two finale, and I believe the Mario movie is on Peacock now, so I may check that out. Okay, cool. everyone said that was an enjoyable film. Um, we want to thank you for listening to another episode of It's a True Life podcast with Brandon and Lauren. Please like and review uh, on your path podcast platform of choice and share the show uh, with others and to get in touch with us on our socials you can find us at on instagram at stream for life pod and on twitter stream for life stream spelled s-t-r-m number four um and we will see you on the next one keep on streaming peace